Hope everyone is having an amazing Monday and that you had a great holiday weekend. Welcome to another episode of Life in Commune. It is I, Patrick, and... <laughs> it is I. <laughs> it is I. Patrick Beach. And the one Starting and only. On, a, on a medieval limb. <laughs> I know. It's like, it's, it sounded like a nice... You know, keep it lighthearted. It I is like I. It. I like it. It's enthusiastic. Uh, yeah, Patrick here. Sir Patrick the Great. And, and the one and only Queen Carling. Uh, I'll take it. Okay, See? that works for me. Yeah. Um, and I hope that you guys enjoyed our little brief departure last week from the usual health, wellness, yoga programming and into the world of pop culture and the... the and bad movie podcasting. The beauty of, of one Jeff Goldblum. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> Still on the Jeff Goldblum Never going to let it go. Um, but so if you're interested in that, if you had fun over Independence Day, you can pop over and listen to the last episode to get our take in, from a special guest, CJ, as well. We just have a good time talking about uh, Independence Day, the movie. Mm-hmm. So again, if you like that movie, you saw it a few times, give that one a listen and uh, laugh along with us because the movie's not that serious and uh, neither is that podcast. Yep. But we're back to regularly scheduled programming today with a chat all about teaching yoga to beginners. So if you're a yoga teacher and you're looking to add in more beginners classes or workshops to your teaching, I think it's something that you should definitely um, strive towards. It's a really great way to improve your teaching and offer something different and unique. It also gives you the opportunity to really tune into a few uh, key features that I think really help you understand how to present information to people. But before we get into all of that, um, if you have not yet subscribed to the podcast, I think it's time to subscribe right now. Just swing over to whatever app you're on, hit that subscribe button, and uh, leave us a five-star rating. We've taken a lot of your feedback in. We think we've improved some of the audio quality, so thank you guys so much for the feedback. And uh, you know, we're always trying to make the podcast um, better and you know, just continuing to work on improving just like with everything else. Yeah, so we appreciate that. And podcasts are appreciate that. We appreciate that. Podcasts are interesting because it's appreciate. not appreciate. All right, that could work actually. Um, because there's not the comment section. It's not the yeah. same as Instagram where you find out real quick how people feel about yeah. things. Um, so the feedback and the ratings really do help. So we appreciate that. Yeah. And if you guys want to practice with us anytime soon, we are leading a inversion training at our studio commune in Seattle, August 15th to 18th. Uh, we'll also be teaching in uh, Europe at the Scottish Yoga Conference, in Dublin at Yoga Hub, in Amsterdam, and at Indaba in London, all in the end of September and early October. So mm-hmm. if you want to come practice with us there, um, yeah, come join in. We've also added two new off-site spots to our 300-hour teacher training in Bali. And uh, besides that, that we are, uh, you know, we're rolling. 200-hour teacher training February in... Seattle. February 1st through 16th at Commune Yoga. Yeah. Those are the places to catch us, especially if you're not a local, not popping into regular class at Commune. And we hope to see you in any of those locations, wherever you are. And if you're in Seattle, come practice at Commune. You know where to find us. You know where to find us. So beginners, let's talk about beginners, because I think beginners is a really interesting topic, given that many times as a teacher, whether it's in yoga or any discipline, I think we kind of forget what it's like to be a beginner. By the time you get to the teaching stage, oh, yeah, because you're an enthusiast. Hopefully, it's yeah, you're an enthusiast. You're mm-hmm. you're let's call it a career yogi or mm-hmm. or career teacher. That maybe it's been a while since hopefully it's been a while since yeah. you were a beginner, and we kind of forget what it's like and how important it is. We get wrapped up in teaching the advanced stuff. One hundred percent. People forget how important all the fundamentals are, especially 
especially for those of you that are more naturally flexible, mm. this is a podcast for, for you. you. <laughs> this is a podcast. And, and I mean that with as much love as possible. Mm-hmm. Because, for example, for me, for your boy, when I first started practicing and teaching, uh, like, I'm just a bit stiffer. So naturally, I need more of a na- uh, preparation process for to Sir do Patrick, the- <laughs> who couldn't even sit on the ground. And I don't, I say that again with yeah, love in my heart. Yeah, of course. But who literally could not sit on the ground comfortably. Yeah. When I, before I did yoga. Before yoga, having a teacher, a process that really allowed for that to unfold makes a big difference as opposed to when you come into yoga with a natural sense of flexibility. There's oftentimes this immediate feedback of, oh, I'm good at this. And and not even like, oh, I'm good at this. Like you just don't need as much prep. Mm -hmm. And so that natural process of a normal beginner just isn't there for you as much you kind of get to skip some steps you get to skip a ton of steps especially in modern yoga where a lot of stuff kind of gets fast-tracked yes um it's it's just and then you become a teacher and you have really creative class plans and even for your beginner classes maybe you have really creative class plans and you're just kind of you're you're overshooting or overstepping where people are because your process to get to that point was much quicker than a normal person and it's not something that is um, malicious or intentional. No, not at all. It's just when you haven't had to go through those steps, you forget that other people have to go through those steps. So I think today's podcast is a lot about why it's important to teach beginners and to also just remember what it's like to be a beginner in your body and to project yourself into the bodies of your students, right? Because being a beginner in your body is probably a different experience than being a beginner in Patrick's body or anyone or else's anybody body. Else's, yeah. So it's just like teaching any other population. It's really important to be cognizant of who is actually in front of you, not just your perception of, oh, I think I learned this when I first started, right? To really, really see the room and see the students for what they need and why they're there instead of just, oh, I'm teaching this beginner's class. It's not as hard. Yes. Because I think that we have this common misperception that just because it's beginners, it's easy. But for beginners, nothing is easy because you're new. It's mentally hard. It's physically difficult. And so sometimes that gets lost in the shuffle when you've been teaching and practicing for a long time. Yeah, as a beginner, you're just trying to figure out how to navigate the mat. Like, step right foot forward, step left foot forward. What is my right foot? What is right, what is left, what is lunge? Like, how do you do this and and what And what's it going to be like to go to a class? Uh I had someone message me on Instagram this week, actually, and ask me if I could help them with picking out a mat that would make them look like they fit in in class. They were worried about what mat to bring because they didn't want to look like a beginner. How big is a regular mat? You know, should I bring one? Should I buy one off Amazon? And I mean, that's a real fear 100%. when you're brand new is I just, I don't want to look stupid. <laughs> I want to look like I belong here. Even though we're but, beginners, everyone has been there, but it's it's really hard to put yourself back in that place when it's been a while. I also think that because yoga is such an inclusive environment and the more you get into that world, you really see this level of inclusivity and you're like, oh, like, oh, it's no big deal. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, you know, like, just kind of come as you are like that. Just come to class. That, yeah, that, like, that's so, such a casual vibe to it. But for most people, whether the environment is that way or not, they're new, so they don't see it that way yet. It's not that, it's not, not that for them yet. They're not part of the crew yet. They're not no. part of the club. And it mm-hmm. takes some time to get to that point. So when you're teaching your beginner classes, it's really important to set up a framework that allows people to feel comfortable and and be successful. Yeah, and conversational, right? So there's a little less hierarchy, I think, with beginners as well. It's, I'm here, I see you, you see me, let's work together and make sure you feel comfortable instead of just this, I am teacher, you are student, which 
even though that's certainly a relationship that and that exists in yoga and in most disciplines I think that breaking down those barriers a little bit, especially with smaller beginner classes, makes a big difference to making people feel comfortable and welcome. Yeah, I agree. What is your experience teaching beginners? Well, I have loved to run the fundamental series at Commune when we had the studio in LA, and it's actually one of my favorite things to teach. One, because I like to talk, (laughs) hence the podcast and all these things. And I think beginners classes give you a great opportunity to really teach to break things down, to explain things. I like that portion of it. And so for me, it's fun to dive into that. I also think that fundamentals are a place where there is a lot to be said, a lot to be done. And it, glazing over it in a vinyasa class all the time is um, is something that just happens, whether you mean to or not. So I love teaching beginners. And I think it's something that has made me a better teacher in all aspects of my teaching. And a lot of that happens in beginner classes. Teaching beginners was actually one of the first few classes I picked up at the very first studio I ever taught at. So, you know, it's just a very natural thing and very natural progression for me. It was actually pretty funny because, uh, like I've said countless times, the first yoga ever taught was in our kitchen to people that wanted to learn how to handstand in the yoga practice. So not really beginners. So not really <laughs> beginners, right? And then uh, as I started to teach in studios, I... Uh, one of the owners of the studios I taught at, I'm just being so mumbly today, I'm sorry about that, but one of the (laughs) studios I taught at, um, she was like, oh, she liked my natural progression for things and thought I would be good for teaching beginners. So I taught a one beginner class a week for about a year. Did you like teaching beginners? Yeah, I definitely did. I think it it was at that time, I appreciate it more now. It's like, for example, when we were doing it um, in Los Angeles when we were Mm -hmm. running the program there, I, I always had a lot of fun teaching the beginner beginner classes when I would sub for you mm-hmm. um, or teach them on my own. But at that time, when I first started teaching the beginner class, I don't think it was my favorite because, again, I was newer to the game and I wanted to put myself out there for what I wanted to be doing. True. And I think beginner's classes, too, sometimes from the standpoint of a teacher who is kind of on that hustle of teaching a lot of classes a week and possibly getting paid on the basis of how many people are in your classes, kind of Mm -hmm. what pop in class time you have, that it can be hard to be enthusiastic about picking up a beginner's class because it's probably never going to be the most popular class at a studio. And it's probably never going to be the quote unquote prestigious, like get hype as a teacher class, if that makes sense. Completely. But what I think we all miss when we look at it that way is that Teaching beginners means that you have students. You get better at teaching. Well, yeah, you get better, but you also get students for life. Mm -hmm. Because if you take people from being nervous and uncomfortable and disassociated with their body to feeling good, comfortable, and giving them a place that they want to move, want to breathe, want to come to, giving them habit and ritual in their life, they're not going to forget you as a teacher. And they're going to look to you for that forever. So even though you may not have 50 people in class, if you have 10 that are deeply dedicated to you and to the practice, you're going to have students for life. So I think sometimes we look at it through the wrong lens, especially when we're kind of like on the hustle. Exactly. You'll always hold a special place in their heart, which is really nice. I mean, I remember my very first teachers and I always will. Yeah. And, and also, I think those people, as you move them through a process, like having a natural progression allows them to eventually come into your other classes as Absolutely. well. Absolutely. And, and also, you're just like little yoga teacher heart flutters when you see them finally show up for a regular class. Yeah. I regular, actually, that's such a terrible word. I'm sorry I used that. But for a vinyasa class or a group class, anything that's not beginners, because yeah. beginners are still regular. Yes. Um, but when you see them come into their own and start to just feel confident and show up to any, any class they can and to really just 
do their own practice. It is. It is like a little proud mama moment. Oh, you just see, you're it seeing is. those. It is. I feel that way about all my people that were fundamental students at Commune LA who now just have regular practices. Like they don't yeah. need me to for that part. And they are actual yoga practitioners. And it's just, it is a very gratifying, um, humbling experience to watch people come into their own. Yeah. All right. We've got five tips for you guys. Yes. Things to think about for putting your classes together, for sequencing, and also for presenting information. So what's tip number one, Carling? The first tip for teaching beginners is to hit the restart button. Hit the reset and remind yourself what it's like to be a beginner again. In something. In anything. In anything. Like I think about when I was first teaching that beginner class I was just talking about, one of the things that helped me the most was at that time I was uh, trying to learn how to skateboard. <laughs> I remember that. I was terrible at skateboarding. I was horrible for whatever reason, like me and boards and balancing, it just is not something that like came into fruition. Like I have good balance. But I don't have good balance on a board. While moving. While moving. And, 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 and kick pushing, be, and that's the whole thing. My kick push was so lame. <laughs> it, was so, it was so terrible. Um, but that that learning process was really funny to me, and it was such a nice reminder of, oh, like I'm starting over at this, and I'm not really trying to be great at it or mm -hmm. be good. I'm just trying to be able to do it. To do it. And having that kind of a mindset, it really helped me with thinking about teaching students because it's like, oh, this is most likely where everybody's at at this phase, which is kind of like survival mode. It's like, Absolutely. do I like this enough to keep going with this? Yeah, okay, I mm -hmm. do, and, 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 I, and I will. And that's, I think, what you're really trying to help people get through in a beginner's yes. class. Mm -hmm. so that, that initial foray into like, is this for me? Yeah, do you're I even them, wanna do this? Do I like this enough? Because again, well, I believe that when the a person finds the right yoga practice for them, it changes their life. It may not be the yoga practice that you, that you're teaching mm -hmm. them or anybody is teaching them. And so, um, being real with yourself in that regard, and, and just that for some people, like yoga and health and wellness, it just isn't their jam, and to mm -hmm. not take it personally. But you want to help them begin to answer that question for themselves. Yes, and it's hard to do that if you haven't had to make that decision yourself somewhere else yeah. in your world. I think of when I was doing some culinary training, and I remember the first course that I took having to do knife skills over and over and over again every day but you can finesse nonstop but but now knife skills are on point but at the time it's like i mean for me i'm like how many times we got to do this i get it like i'm like they got to be the same size they'll cook the same like yeah. i get it i can do it and it's like oh my god how many different like i gotta really you really want me to measure each of these carrot squares and like show them to you but the answer was yes really measure each of these carrot squares and show them to you and then if they're not right do it again yeah and as a beginner, it was a humbling moment of like, hey, you're not that good at this yet. <laughs> so you don't get to rush. Like my knife skills were really slow at first and it was tedious and it took me a long time to get it integrated to feel like, oh, okay, I actually have, I'm in the groove now. And so being a beginner, even in something that's totally unrelated to physical movement or you know, mindfulness or wellness uh, was humbling. I think do, bringing a beginner's mindset to anything gives you a sense of mindfulness, especially yes. if you're coming to it after you've done yoga for a mm -hmm. bit because it already makes you a little bit more mindful because you, you're 
used to paying attention. Yes, and the simplicity of it too, right? Okay, so now you've got your dice down really well with like carrots or peppers. Great, okay, now how about a tomato? And you're or, like, oh, come or, on, or so squishy. Or the thing squishy. that you were the worst at, which you had, you, we had to build up your courage, which was, which was for the coconuts. Oh, with that God. crazy ass knife. You made me do most oh, of it. Oh, I did, I did this raw chef training and it had cracked so many coconuts. I mean, every day, every day with the hatchet. Yeah. It's a whole thing. Was it's it like, with a hatchet? What was that knife? Was that, it was that a machete. Was like machete. No, it wasn't a machete. No, it was a machete hatchet. Was bigger. It's like a hatchet. Yeah. Because you hit it with the bottom you corner. You hit it with the bottom corner. And it's a little, I mean, it's terrifying at first. <laughs> Um, and then, then we got the cocoa jack, which honestly is a lifesaver. Not something you're using that often if you're, unless you're cracking that many coconuts. But if you need to open some, it, the cocoa is jack a, is a genius invention. They are not endorsing, or, or we are endorsing their product. They are not so, sponsoring this podcast. <laughs> but, not, but if you are a in, coconut in, opener, a coconut opener, just just get that. It will save you an astronomical amount of time and probably a finger. Yes, totally. You, you'll you'll keep your digits. Yeah. But as a beginner, it's like everything feels good until someone throws something new at you. Mm -hmm. You're like, okay, I got this down. And then all of a sudden the teacher is like, ah, I see that this is working. How do you feel about this? And it throws kind of a wrench in your process. And so as teachers, we forget that every new thing we introduce, it may not feel new to us or it may feel like, oh, no big deal. This is just a little half step forward. For a beginner, it might be a giant leap and it's a big process. So... I think that if you haven't felt that yourself in a while, it's easy to underestimate how much you're throwing at your beginners and in how such much, quick succession. Exactly. So just just si- simplifying what you're saying a little yes. bit. Don't be afraid of repetition. Absolutely. In fact, repeat quite often mm-hmm. and then throw one or two wrenches mm-hmm. in the system in the overall class. Yes. So repeat, repeat, repeat. Wrench, repeat, repeat, wrench. Yeah, something new Finish here and there. You know what I mean? So, yeah. so people are getting comfortable, getting comfortable, getting comfortable. Oh, wait, what's this? Mm-hmm. Now you really got to plug in and yeah. try and learn this new thing. Okay, I survived that. Mm-hmm. Repeat, 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 something I know. Yeah. Wrench. Because being comfortable is such an important part of the process mm-hmm. that if everything is new, every time someone comes to a beginner's class, one, they haven't had time to integrate what you've already taught them. And two, it just becomes overwhelming. And we lose that sense of... I, this is weird to say in a yoga class, but of success, right? We need to leave feeling like, okay, I'm figuring something out or this is starting to work for me. And so if we're always throwing new stuff at them, I think that it is easy for people to get um, disappointed with themselves or to feel like, oh, okay, I'm not getting it. This yes. is too much. So making sure that your students feel successful in their classes or like they're understanding and integrating something is really important so that they're able to accept something new. Because otherwise they're just going to constantly be trying to rehash all this information that's bombarding them. I couldn't agree more. I was going to say 100%, but I feel like I say that too much in the podcast. I'm like, yeah, 100. I've heard heard it before. Yeah, it comes around. All right, tip number two, simplify and personify. Beginners need all forms of teaching in order to receive information and at that they probably will only be retaining about 30 percent of what you're dishing out Mm -hmm. so keep it simple enough so that you can actually teach and demonstrate at the same time so there's an audio and a visual component to the class experience well especially because with a beginner, you may not know the student as well yet, or they ha- don't even know what style of learner they are yet. So mm-hmm. whether they're audio or visual or kinesthetic, 
it's important that you can kind of touch all the bases as a teacher, especially in a smaller class, which is what I love about these, is you have the opportunity to demo, to teach, to look around, to help people one-on-one -on -one and kind of cover all your bases. So whatever you're teaching in your fundamentals or beginner series has to be simple enough that you as the teacher are also capable of doing all those things at once. If you can't demonstrate the pose and speak about it at the same time, it's too much. I just think it's too much. Mm -hmm. And and honestly, there's so many schools of thought around teaching. We firmly believe that you need to be as versatile as possible, and that's something that we really emphasize in our teacher training programs, meaning that you need to be able to just walk and teach, mm -hmm. you need to be able to just demo and teach, mm -hmm. and you need to be able to walk and demo and teach. And adjust. And adjust, right? Mm -hmm. Like these are all parts of the teaching experience, the class experience, because it is a yoga class. Not You're not a yoga guide, you're not a you're not up there performing, mm -hmm. so it, you need to find. But you're the also blend. not lecturing. You're too, also not right? lecturing, exactly, and, that, and that's kind of what I'm trying to yeah. say, essentially. So mm -hmm. thanks. Yeah, I appreciate but, it. but having being able to tip a, dip a toe in each pond is mm -hmm. really important, and it diversifies diversifies your skills as a teacher, but also means that more students in the room can respond to you because mm -hmm. not everyone learns the same, and not everyone can respond or hear instruction the same way. Some people need to see it, see it. Some people need to feel it. Some people need to hear you say it. And so if you can master each of those in your own way, then you will speak to a wider student base. And especially in a beginner's class where oftentimes they're going to be looking at you to see what you're doing. Because mm -hmm. there is no other class like a beginner's class or fundamentals where if you are doing something with them and all of a sudden you stand up to go talk to someone or to go walk the room, people will just stop. People will just like, stop. Like we're in lunge, okay, we're in lunge. And all of a sudden I take a step to move off my mat and someone else takes a step too, like we're all like leaving right now. Yeah, we're, we're, and it's like, no, 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 you are still we're all, here. We're all going to go see what Jane is up to. Yeah, I was just gonna go talk to Jane. Um, and so it's important to kind of set the precedent of how you teach and be aware of the fact that these students really are looking at you, listening to you, and trying to deem what's quote unquote right, what they should be doing, based on what you're exemplifying. So don't be afraid to spend more time on your mm -hmm. mat when you're teaching beginners, and in fact, try and set up the room in a way so that students have a clear line of vision to you Absolutely. being on your mat, and also so that you can see your students while you are demonstrating. Mm -hmm. um, if you know the, the classic Ashtanga style room setup, it works really well mm -hmm. for teaching beginners. Or if you uh, know the Bible, just think about Moses parting the Red Sea <laughs> and the students being the sea on either side mm -hmm. and you being in the middle. Yep. That would be a, a simple but laughable visual of like, oh, that's how people can see me and I can see them. And it works really well for teaching beginners. Which is funny too because beginners tend to want to hide in the back, which is, fair. which is fair. I, totally fair. And when you set up a room like that, it means there's two front rows, mm -hmm. which sometimes people get intimidated of. But as soon as you can start this conversational atmosphere of like, this is, you can see me, I can see you, we're all in this together, that usually goes away. But right away, students are hesitant to be in the front row. But it is really important that everyone can see everyone because they're going to be trying to look at you the whole time. So it's important that you are visible and that you can also see them at the same time. Tip number three, sneak in teaching moments. What does that mean to you, Carling? Well, I mean, if you like to teach as opposed to just guide, then I think that is a reason to be drawn naturally to teaching these kinds of classes because in a beginners or fundamental series, 
there should be some sense of conversation. And I don't necessarily mean that every class has to be a workshop where they ask a question and you answer back, but where you are trying to get students to inquire as to how this is working for them. And those are teaching moments to me. Even if it's just explaining, this is Warrior Two. Sometimes we call this Vera Bedrasna Two. I think that is the biggest home run yeah. that you can hit with people in a beginner's class. Say the Sanskrit and the English or whatever your native language mm -hmm. is for both poses and just giving people the opportunity to really process that yeah so I, that they know when they go into another class if they hear one or the other mm -hmm. they're comfortable yes because realistically sanskrit it is a different language right what i love about it in yoga is it's a universal language you can go take class in germany or in china and if they're speaking sanskrit you're going to know the poses right but it's easy i think in beginners to think oh i don't want to overwhelm them with that so i won't tell them any sanskrit i'll just use the common name but i actually think we're doing them a disservice one to the practice and the roots of the practice but two to the opportunity to have every class be more accessible if they understand more of the language doesn't mean that you need to overwhelm them and explain everything but especially in the few postures you're offering every class to spend time and say you might hear this called this or called this either one is the same thing here's what we're doing here's why it's like that so that people feel comfortable again so they don't walk into another class that's going to be largely sanskrit and think oh shit, i don't know anything and also because there kind of are two languages in yoga, it's very different than a, another type of group fitness class mm -hmm. experience, right? If you go to Barry's, like a burpee is a burpee is a burpee. Running on the treadmill is running on the treadmill is running yes. on the treadmill. Like doing a bicep curl is doing a bicep mm -hmm. curl is doing a bicep curl. You know what I mean? That language is pretty much consistent. the same and consistent through and through. Yes. Whereas yoga, there is a fair amount of variability. And so you want to help educate people into that variability so there's a lack of confusion so you're essentially eliminating confusion for them mm -hmm. i think it's really important i also think it's nice to just because it's a beginner's yoga class oftentimes we're talking about beginner yoga asana right mm -hmm. we're not talking about intro to the yoga sutras or things like that it would be generally on a schedule a very different class that people yeah. would be signing up for but it gives them an insight and an ode to the, a more well-rounded practice that has roots and tradition in it, as opposed to just saying, this is a lunge, this is this, this is a squat. While those are all part of the asana practice, I think it's important to sneak in those introductory moments of the full practice when they're beginners, so that later it's not just like, oh, I had no idea there was all this other stuff, right? Explaining what the breathing is, explaining what pranayama is, even if it's the really, really simple things, which it should be at first, but making sure that there is some of that in there. You can sneak it in there without it being overwhelming or alienating, but you have to be tactful. Tip number four in the words of the famous paul wall drive slow homie drive slow this is an important one it's a very important one for two for two reasons for one that's a great song great song it's a great song right good ode yeah good ode kanye west second album late registration check it out if you haven't listened to it for a while remember when kanye was great <sighs> Kanye was great make C kanye C great again when, when, when cj and i were practicing yesterday we were listening to graduation i was like oh a good as, album. As, it's a good album. He's, he's just not as good as he was. Maybe maybe this summer he'll drop some heat. Any, anyways, no no Kanye bashing. Kanye was great. Still is in his own weird just, way. Just not as a person. Yeah. Maybe as a musician. <laughs> um, but drive slow. So essentially, you want to move at a very even keeled 
very digestible pace, which is usually slower, but you still want to get from point A to point B. Mm -hmm. I think a lot of beginner yoga classes fail by either going too fast or way, way too, too slow, slow yeah. and not ever starting the party. Mm -hmm. You got it. You got to get going. Like you got to you got to be moving. You're mm -hmm. you're cruising down Broadway. But you are still cruising down Broadway. You're not stopping at the light. It's true. And stop and too much stop and go, right? When it gets too workshoppy or too much the class of feels herky jerky. And people don't ever get in the rhythm and they don't get in the zone, if that mm -hmm. makes sense. And I, as a beginner, it's hard to know what that means. But I think as teachers, we all know what it means to kind of be in the zone and be in that little bit of flow state. So whether or not you're teaching a beginner's flow or beginner's hatha or something, anything like that, it's important that people actually get to drop into the experience of doing yoga. And having a rhythm. And having a rhythm and experiencing what the breath connection is at whatever pace is desirable for the style you're teaching, but making sure that you are honoring that in your beginner's classes, unless it truly is, this is a beginner's work shop right but even then i think you need to get into a rhythm of things moving yeah you know it's like all the lights are green yeah but you're just in a school zone mm -hmm. you so know you what i mean go a slower pace. so you got to go at a slow pace yes you know what i mean true. you're driving by the school but there's no there's no stop lights mm -hmm. well enough but time for people to digest because i think yeah something that many students get overwhelmed in a group vinyasa class or any quote-unquote standard class is that they're worried that they can't keep up right they're looking around the room what are we doing what's that thing i don't know what she said she spoke another language that was weird and there's no time for them to digest so in a beginner's focus class you can give people that time to suss things out okay i stepped my foot here and then i did what with my back foot okay that was the thing give them a chance to actually experience the practice without leaving them stagnant and I know that's not like a hard and fast rule on anything, but I do think there's a sweet spot in the middle that we can find, but it takes some conscientiousness with our teaching to make sure that we're keeping the pace right for these beginners. Yeah, you, you really just want to offer people the opportunity, especially for vinyasa beginner classes. So if you're teaching a beginner class at a vinyasa-based studio, one of the most important elements of that style of practice is the flow. Yeah, yeah. And so you want to give people the opportunity to flow. Yes, because if you're only teaching a Hatha style beginner's class and then saying, great, you've got the hang of this, go take vinyasa yes. at 5.30, then it's a really different experience. And again, most students in the beginning are just learning how to navigate the mat, how to move around, how to step a foot forward, how to step back, how to do a transition between a push-up and an upward-facing dog mm -hmm. or whatever that is for you at your studio. But all of that, again, the mechanics of that for some people are very is very complicated, right? Some of us can pick up those things quicker, some people don't. And so you just want to give people the opportunity to find that rhythm where they can learn to trust moving their body in a fluid nature that isn't just walking or running because that's probably what most people have done. Especially things that are just in that sagittal plane, just forward and back. Most people have spent most of their life, like you said, walking, running, moving forward and back. And yoga isn't just in that plane. So giving them the experience of like, what's it like to a little to the side or to twist. I mean, most people haven't twisted in their daily life besides putting on their seatbelt or closing their car door. Mm -hmm. So things like that need more time to integrate. What does this feel like? What am I actually doing? And also for some of the deeper stretching positions, mm -hmm. you want to give people time to digest. Can I go 
deep at this what, point. What, what am what, I what, feeling? What am I feeling? Because yeah. I think we don't know what those sensations are early on. And even mm-hmm. many experienced practitioners don't have a great sense of like introspection and really what am I feeling? What's it telling me? And so as a beginner, we don't know unless we spend some time there inquiring. So it's important to make sure that you give people time to do that and help them facilitate to understand what does it actually mean? Like getting them to ask questions of themselves. They don't know the answer yet, most likely, but at least starting the You're process. Starting that process that's of mindfulness. The point. Yeah, the it's point huge. is not to know the answers, but it's to get them to start to ask the questions. Yeah, start to start to uh, enter the process of being more mindful, being more mm-hmm. awake, being more aware. Yep. And finally, tip number five. What is it? Tip number five is to make it fun. Make it fun. I couldn't agree more. You want people to keep coming back. You want people to be great in the process. Mm-hmm. It's got to be enjoyable. It's got to be enjoyable. And that's not to say that every moment is yeah. enjoyable, but there is that sense of hopefully we, we talked about earlier, success or accomplishment or even the literal chemical experience of endorphins after a movement class where you leave feeling like, oh, that was hard or it was difficult or I was nervous to show up, but man, I'm so glad I did. Mm-hmm. And that's really, really important as humans that we have that experience chemically and just physiologically that we're reinforced that what we're doing is good for us yeah and again giving yourself the opportunity as a teacher to find ways to challenge your students in a beginner class Mm -hmm. like it obviously it's different than challenging your students in a vinyasa class Mm -hmm. right or an advanced class or whatever but people that come to beginners classes they still want a challenge yes and so and a challenge is part of what makes it fun Mm -hmm. right same with a flow, same with learning something new. Mm-hmm. Like there's so many different elements, same with like trying to learn how to balance. Like, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I, I just, there's so many little components and ways you can give people uh, something to kind of chew on, I guess. And, mm-hmm. and the more you're giving that as an experience, the easier it is for people to like have a laugh or to enjoy it or to find a sense of community with the other students in the class because they, they went through something together. Mm-hmm. It wasn't just this bland okay, we're checking off the warrior two box. Yes. Okay, we're checking off the triangle pose box. Mm-hmm. You know, like, oh, this, you know what I mean? Like, like find a way to make that enjoyable, to make it unique, to well, make it light. Beginner doesn't have to equal boring. Exactly. And beginner doesn't have to equal quote unquote easy either, yes. right? Like gentle yoga isn't inherently beginner yoga and beginner yeah. yoga isn't inherently gentle yoga. And I think we misconstrue those things and kind of put them all in the same bucket, which is a disservice to people who are starting along the path to think that that's automatically what it is. And a disservice to people who truly want to go to gentle yoga just because they want to go to gentle yoga. Yeah. Um, so it's, it's easy to conflate the two, but when you're working with beginners, they, they want to most likely feel something. And that's why they're coming to class. That's why they already broke down those barriers. Because the easiest thing to do when you're trying to do something new is to not show up. The easiest thing to do is cancel. Bail. To not go to bail. Like it's the easiest thing to do in any experience. I mean, I've gone to women's retreats where there are times where I was nervous to go to a new teacher, to go to a a weekend immersion. And the easiest thing I could have done was not show up. (laughs) Right? And and people make that choice all the time. Completely. And, And again, you guys, like... We've owned a studio for nearly two years now, mm-hmm. and beginner's class has the highest, like, uh, what's it, early cancel rate? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what late I mean? Late cancel, like, either late, way. Either cancel way, rate. just like, just the bail, right? Mm-hmm. And so, sh- 
you want to celebrate the people for showing up and encourage them to keep showing up. Because once you get people in the groove and they mm-hmm. feel that positive reinforcement of I came, yeah. it I wasn't I that conquered. I saw I conquered, it wasn't that scary. Now it's I'm here. Sales to sold out concerts. <laughs> Jay-Z. We're really getting to our rock nation lines today. But once they once they see that reinforcement, then those people keep showing up, mm-hmm. right? But that initial barrier can be really hard to break down. And it probably has nothing to do with you as a teacher. That's a personal journey that someone's oh, yeah. going through. So you can't take that personal if someone no. if someone like bails on your beginners classes, it's it's I would venture to say it's very rarely about you and just about what they're dealing with trying to figure out how to show up to something new, which is fair. We've all been there. Um, but making it fun and inclusive can go a long way to getting those people to show up, feel good about showing up, and then come back again and again and again. Which again, helps you be the, uh, just be a little glimmer of hope in their yoga journey, in their heart. You know what I mean? Again, like we all remember our first teachers Mm -hmm. and those little, uh, those little, I guess, nuggets of wisdom and little Mm -hmm. lessons from the mat. And it's, it's always something to appreciate. Mm -hmm. I think, um, the more that you get into teaching beginners, the more that you really understand how to create nuance in a practice. Mm-hmm. And so, um, you know, if you have the opportunity to teach a beginner's class, I would strongly recommend mm-hmm. going for it. Um, you'll pick up more uh, for this as a craft than you would ever think yep. that you would um, just on a surface level. Yeah, it's it's going to do just as much for you as it is for the beginners as well. You mm-hmm. as a teacher and, and beginners for their practices. Yeah. So, okay, five tips. Let's do a quick recap just just so we got them all down. Yeah. Hit the restart button. Pick something new to be a beginner at again. That would be tip number one. Make so yourself a beginner. Make yourself a beginner. Put you back into that beginner's mindset. You'll understand how to think about things in an, a new way. Yep, absolutely. And then number two is that you need to simplify and personify. So if you can't effectively teach, demo, and share the concepts you are trying to bring to your beginner's classes, there's a good chance they are too advanced or too complicated for who you're trying to offer them to. Take a step back and keep it moving. Mm Tip number three, sneak in teaching moments. Give people the opportunities to digest how the information you're giving them would translate to other classes offered at the studio, offered anywhere in the world, moving forward. Mm -hmm. You don't need to overwhelm them, but you are there to also educate them. And tip number four is to drive slow, homie. Remember, you want to get from point A to point B. Don't stall out in the middle, Mm -hmm. right? Don't rush through that red light. Don't rush through the red light. Mm -hmm. Move through the process, a nice even pace, nice and easy. Give people the opportunity to flow, to move, and to have their own experience. Mm -hmm. And then lastly, a, a very important tip is to make it fun. Make it fun, you know, give people a little bit of a challenge, give people something to chew on, give mm-hmm. people something to enjoy. You and know? positive reinforcement, yeah. right? They make, make them feel seen and valuable for showing up because that is a really hard part of the process. For many people, the hardest part is showing up. By far. And that, my friends, is our five tips for teaching beginners phase mm-hmm. one. If you enjoyed this podcast, let us know. Um, and again, of course, if you haven't subscribed yet, please do. We greatly appreciate it. Leave us a five-star review on Apple or iTunes or I don't even know. I, I get so confused about saying iTunes now because it's not a thing anymore. Oh, it's Apple Podcasts Apple now. Podcasts mm-hmm. now. But you know what I mean? I always want to say like, on your iTunes, but I'm like, I think that's... I think, like, I think we're all on the same page We're on the same that, page, yeah. Right? And of course, you can listen to this on Spotify or anywhere else. Um, have an amazing week, you guys, and we'll chat with you on Thursday unless the, uh, the baby comes. And so far, no the baby, baby. The baby's still in the oven. Still hanging out. So hopefully we'll talk to you on Thursday. Yeah. Have an amazing week. Bye.